Hello, hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I'm Donna Reese, your hostess and your teacher. And once again, I'm excited. Let's go ahead and dig right into some housekeeping to get this behind us. You have two ways to consume How I Teach through video at YouTube or at the languageartsladyblog.com. You I can watch the PowerPoint presentation there at either of those places. You can also listen from your favorite podcast provider platform. And either way, you have access to the Teacher's Notebook episode sheets. These are sheets that go with each episode and that have lessons that you can actually use with your students. So I teach from these. And then you also have the opportunity to use the lessons that are in here for your students as well. So I'm gonna scroll on back to the back of uh, what I'm showing right now is the teacher's notebook. You can get um, each episode at languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach. And, or you can get all 26 episode sheets at forward slash teacher's notebook if you wanna put it all together um, for one at once. But the beauty of it is that they all have free lessons. So you have uh, me here teaching you how I teach that, and then you have the free lessons to use. So without further ado, let's go into the PowerPoint and dig in because I have so much to say today. All right, so I'm going to first of all talk about what led to this point, which is um, part two of the dialogue in upper high school story writing. So this is part two of a dialogue lesson. And <clears throat> It is following a couple of quote lessons. So we had a quote lesson in episode four um, when um, in the re beginning research, research, research report writing for fourth and fifth grade students. And in there, that is how I teach incrementally. So we start out in second or third or fourth or fifth grade and they are taught how to write a simple quote with either an opening speech tag or a closing speech tag. And they're, they're, it's right on their outlining space where they put it in and so forth. And so I taught about that in episode four. Then I had a couple of dialogue lessons. Episode 10 was dialogue um, between toys in a toy room. That was super cute for Peter Pan 3. And some other short story lessons as well. And a couple, a few weeks ago, I did the twice told tale parts one and two lesson for junior high. That is a lesson where you take a model story and you write from it using that model. So in the case of uh, what was that? That was the emperor's new clothes. In the case of that, you have the emperor, you have the clothes, you have the tricksters, you have the audience, um, you have the setting, all of those things. And they have the same thing happen their first main character is duped by tricksters in whatever place they want it to be in whatever time they want it to be. It's phenomenal. It is absolutely amazing for story writers who just go with it. They just run with it and branch off and write uh, an amazing twice told tale. But it is also excellent for non-story writers because they don't have this, I don't know what to write about. I don't know how to write a story, right? Because they have a model there to take each scene and model their own scenes from. So love, love, love it. So when I did that in episodes 22 and 23, I said that I will be doing um, 
dialogue lessons later because each of those books has a dialogue lesson, each uh, um, that lesson from Twice Told Tales 3, The Emperor's New Clothes, it has a dialogue lesson in it. But this podcast, the broadcast, was not long enough to teach the whole how I teach and the how I teach the quotations as well. So I said that we would come back later and do that. So um, in episode 24, I started out just doing quotation with you, quotation inclusion for essay writing for junior high and high school. And then these two weeks are dialogue. So I wanna talk a little bit about what came before this. Okay, so what did we do before this? We cannot expect a student to write, um, I don't even know what these lessons are, like, I don't know, 80 to 120 or 120 to 160 sentences, it depends on the level, um, of story writing with dialogue if they haven't been given the skills. And you hear me say that every single week, right? So where, did the, where does the, that skill come in when it comes to dialogue writing? We don't just dig right into dialogue writing. Dialogue writing is very challenging. So instead we go all the way back to that third, fourth and fifth grade research report, that episode number four of a jungle animal and we hold their hands and we give them training wheels and we correct them correct anything they need help with as they write their first quote in their first report. And then we have, like what I taught today, the three quotation lesson for high schoolers, where they have to do a quote in each paragraph and support that quote, why that quote was effective, okay? And, and all along here, there is a, um, a spectrum, right, that we go through. We don't just say, all right, write a story, put some dialogue in, you know, go do that, right? And so that is why I did two weeks ago in episode number 24, I did just straight up quotation inclusion. How do you teach quotations with an opening speech tag, a closing speech tag, a statement, an opening speech tag and a closing speech tag with questions, an opening speech tag and a closing speech tag with exclamation points, with an exclamatory sentence. Right. And so we do that first where there aren't so many things being asked all at the same time. As a matter of fact, we don't even do that. I start out with a statement only with my younger kids. And then we move to questions and exclamatory sentences and then short snippets of dialogue and then longer snippets of dialogue and then full fledged, you know, where we have a ton of dialogue. So let's do it. Last week I did part one. And um, that in that I showed you some of the dialogue lessons that are included, and that was in your teacher's notebook uh, with Twice Told Tale 4. And um, that's where this came from. And this is the second part of that. All right, so we start here. This is a sample from the model. So this particular lesson is the second half of that book and it is Cinderella. So the model is Cinderella. So just in keeping with that twice told tale, what their requirements, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be taking the Cinderella story. And I tell them at this point, guys, you've seen tons of Cinderella stories, right? We see, you know, the Prince and Me, we see um, uh, Ever After, we see, um, uh, what was the one with um, Drew Barrymore? 
so good, right? We, we see all of these Cinderella stories, right? All of these spinoffs. So you are going to write your own Cinderella spinoff. You're going to have the model and you are going to have somebody who is mistreated by somebody who was not allowed to go somewhere where she was going to meet her true love and she was blocked every step of the way. And then somebody came in, i.e. the fairy godmother and rescued her, right? And so the elements are still the same in terms of what's happening, but your own character, your own place, your own time, your own protagonist, antagonist, obstacles, all of those things. So this is where we start. We start with the model. And I always use the model in the Twice Told Tales, the samples in all of the projects, because you know that I always have projects, samples in every writing assignment, or at least 95% of them. Um, I can't think of a time I don't, but just in case I don't. <laughs> um, so we start here. We start reviewing how dialogue is written with the big picture. So I am looking at box A1, continue from previous page, but in the bottom, you can see scene five in bold font. Scene five in the bottom of this particular scene. Scene five, Cinderella and Godmother, dialogue about the ball. All right, so we start here because this is the big picture of dialogue. We don't start necessarily with the quotes and stuff. We say, let's talk about the big picture of dialogue. We have a scene here, right? We have a scene, which is scene five, and that scene is about Cinderella and Godmother dialoguing, and her Godmother dialoguing about the ball. One of the amazing things about this project is that they can go scene by scene and develop their own. It's just amazing. I love these. I have so many of them. All right, <clears throat> from fourth grade up. <laughs> so scene five, Cinderella and Godmother dialogue about the ball. All right, so the first thing that I do is we come in here and we mark this up. So I don't know if you can see my cursor, but let's go ahead and start with uh, when. Okay, we eat, we have one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs in this scene. Okay, now prior to this, guess what? They learned that what a paragraph contains. I have some new posters coming out in a couple of weeks called Octi, opening, closing, con contains all the same, three or more sentences indented with a cute little octopus with five tentacles. Um, and I teach that all the time for my young students, that a paragraph has five elements to be a paragraph. And one of those is three or more sentences. So the first thing I say is, if all of these, one, two, three, four, five, six, if all six of these are paragraphs, why are they so short? Why is this only one sentence long? Yes, was all Cinderella could whisper. And the ones who remember, their hands shoot up and they say it's dialogue. You can have one word or a sentence or however many sentences you want in dialogue. That's right. Good job, cutie pies. All right, not for high schoolers, but okay. So that's what I say to the little ones. They are so precious. So the first thing we do is we come along here, we draw arrows right into when, I, and I wish, yes. Yes was all Cinderella could say. Well, how would you like it? But how, and first bring me a pumpkin. We draw arrows to show that each of those is a separate paragraph and they are indented, okay? So that's how we know that each one is a separate paragraph. All right, so that's the first thing we do. We say that a paragraph doesn't have to have three or more sentences if it is dialogue. 
we show that each of these is a separate paragraph by drawing arrows, meaning we draw arrows over to show that they're indented. Okay, then I ask them, how do you know when to break up your paragraphs in your dialogue? And they say, every time a new speaker speaks, right? Depends on how long they've been in my classes and how many dialogues they've written so far, but they are right. Every time a new speaker speaks, you change paragraphs. And, and as soon as I say, guys, you've read novels, right? Have you seen this over and over? Yeah, but I always just wondered why they were like that. Yeah, I always wondered why they had such short paragraphs, right? And then we say, this is why, right? And so here, um, her godmother is saying something. Here, Cinderella is saying something. No, no, no. Here, the godmother is saying something. Here, Cinderella is saying something. Here, the godmother is saying something. Here, Cinderella is saying something. And the last one we know is the godmother because she's telling her to bring a pumpkin. All right, so we know that we have to have a new paragraph every time a new speaker speaks. And it doesn't have to be uh, like five different speakers. It can just be back and forth, right? And that takes care of that. All right, so we do this and we talk about how this is one scene, but it's six paragraphs because it's different speakers. This one is 16, but it's only scene six, but it's only one paragraph long because there's no dialogue in it. Scene seven, one paragraph long, no dialogue in it. Scene eight, one paragraph, no dialogue in it. Now there's also all kinds of story writing elements that are taught and you can you can see that in episode, uh, um, episodes 22 and 23 when I taught the twice told tale. But I, we always I always tell students that there are three times that you change scenes. A new person, a new place, new action, right? So that's just my, my um, person place action. Okay, uh, so a new person comes into the room, a new place, they're no longer um, inside the house, okay, or they're no longer uh, bringing the rats and the lizards, now they are um, putting her clothes on, okay, so a new action, so a new person, a new place, or a new action, okay. That was that's in story writing lessons, but I just wanted to put that right there so you in case you were wondering why how um, they're going to know how to divide their scenes because most of them will model after this. All right, some more scenes there, some more scenes there. Another one here with, oh, if you had been there, you would not have wanted to leave. One of the stepsisters declared, "I'm on scene 13." For those of you who are looking in your book. Um, well, if you'd been there, you would not have wanted to leave one of her stepsisters declared, but we'd never even seen her in our lives. The other sister interjected, this is actually a split quote, something we're gonna talk about in a minute. And um, the prince would give all the world to know who she was, other sister, and then Cinderella. Okay, one, two, three, four paragraphs, all indented, um, different speakers each time. One stepsister, another sister, another sister, and Cinderella. All right, so let's go ahead. Last week we had this lesson here and I went over it. So that was in episode 25. And we talked about how we, this is how I teach. Um, I use the model and then I come here and use the dialogue box, okay? 
And in it, they have to highlight the name of each person who is speaking. So they define the speech tags. We also talk about how there's no speech tag here in paragraph three, because we don't need it. We know this is Cinderella. We know this is the godmother, Cinderella. This has to be the godmother. This has to be Cinderella. And the last one is the godmother, right? So we can tell from that. And you know, you don't have to put speech tags with every one. It gets laborious, and we learned that too. So that was in last week's lesson, but here's another one that you can use with your students. Last week, I think it was, hmm, I can't remember. <laughs> it was a different twice told tale. So you have last week's dialogue box and lesson and this week's dialogue box and lesson to use with your kids. All right, <clears throat> and all of that was in there too, and it's here again. And then this is how we rewrite. Now, this is what I wanna focus on for the last 15 minutes of this episode. When they are ready for this assignment. So in other words, we've done all of this. We've gone through the sample. We have looked at the paragraph breaks. We have looked at the speech tags. We have noticed that every time a speaker changes, a new paragraph begins. We have uh, had some dialogue rules in lesson B. We have poured over the dialogue box to figure out who the speakers are and how the speech tags are placed and all of that, not punctuation, just um, who, it, who it is. And then, um, we have the general rules, the general dialogue rules that I went over last week. Each time the speaker changed, a new paragraph started. Uh, when a speech tag comes at the beginning, you do this. When a speech tag comes at the end, you do this. Okay, then, so we, in keeping with my teach, practice, apply, we have taught, taught, taught. We have practice, practice, practice in the, um, in the dialogue box and so forth. This could either be considered ap apply and then you'd be done with it, but it's much better if this is still practice and you're still helping them and you're still punctuating with them, and then the application is really in their paper, right? That is when they really apply what they've learned in grammar is when it's required in their paper, which it is required in these twice told tale lessons. All right, so I have three, one, two, three, four, four quotes from uh, the Cinderella story that I want to um, show you how I uh, we would teach this. So I would show them what is the matter? Question mark inquired the fairy godmother. Okay, this is uh, done correctly. It's got a closing speech tag. It, got, it has the question inside the uh, speech tag, starts at the capital letter, all the things we went over last week. So then if they are not ready to do that assignment on their own of writing the uh, rewriting the sentences in the dialogue box with new speech tags or speech tags in new places or with new methods, then we would do some of these on the board. So we would say, for example, okay, let's flip it. The, right now it has the closing speech tag. Let's put it at the beginning. The fairy godmother asked, okay? So instead of inquired, we got asked and we flipped it to the beginning of the sentence. Comma, quote, capital W, what is the matter, question mark, quote. Okay, that's a very basic opening speech tag, question, quote, right? Another one is what is the matter, but instead of inquired the fairy godmother, it says the fairy godmother asked, okay? So all along, we are pointing out um, how this, the speech tag has to start with a lowercase letter when it's at the end, because it's, it's all part of the same sentence. I just taught this the last two weeks, actually, with my high schoolers, uh, the, the quotation lesson. Um, 
and period is at the end for the whole sentence. The speech tag has to stay there in it because it's part of the sentence. All right, then for my advanced kids, like today, um, I had my four uh, seniors in one of my classes, the kids who were younger, I think there were five younger than the four seniors, but the four seniors had to do one of these. So they had to do a speech tag colon sentence. All right, so this is how I teach this. I come along here and I read the fairy godmother begged the girl to tell her the trouble. When we use a colon for anything, not just a speech tag, but for anything, it has to follow a complete sentence, a CS as I teach. It has to follow a complete sentence. So the question we have to ask ourselves on this bottom one is the fairy godmother begged the girl to tell her the trouble, colon, can you put a period there instead? And can the sentence stand by itself? The fairy godmother begged the girl to tell her the trouble, period. The, the answer is yes, it is a CS. So my kids come along and they write CS above this left side. They circle the colon. They circle or highlight the quote capital W. They highlight the question mark quote and they have just done a speech tag colon quote. Very tricky, right? Because you have to be able to hear that a complete, that what you have for your speech tag is a complete sentence. That's why it's so hard to do that. Okay, the next one is the split quote. And I'm gonna spend the rest of the time on the colons and the split quotes because we have these two um, all throughout last week's lesson. All right, so on a split quote, I always do it the same way. I have them highlight, oh, what is the matter? Okay, the sentence reads, oh, what, implored the fairy godmother, is the matter. I have them highlight, oh, what, and is the matter. The key to using a split quote is that you have to have only one sentence. Otherwise you end a quote and start new sentence, right? So if this was, um, oh my, said the fairy godmother, oh my, period, comma, quote, said the fairy godmother, period, quote, what is the matter, question mark, quote, that would be two separate quotes. Still the same speaker, still the same paragraph and everything, but that would be two separate quotes. So the way that I ensure that they understand that a split quote has a complete one sentence only, just one, is they highlight the words that are being spoken. Then if they need to, they write those on their paper or their whiteboard. Oh, what is the matter? And I ask them, is oh, what is the matter? One sentence or two sentences? It is one. Right. So you can make a split quote out of it. All right. Then we go over the laborious task of how to punctuate a split quote. And I tell them, you don't start the second part with a capital because you just highlighted this and said it's only one sentence. So all of that's gonna be lowercase because it's one sentence. Oh, what is the matter? Okay, so that's taken care of. Quote, oh, what, comma, quote. Quote, lowercase is the matter, question mark, quote, because that's all one sentence. So then all you have to do in the middle is deal with your speech tag. So we have a what comma quote, and then implore the fairy godmother, no caps or anything, just as though this were a closing speech tag. It's really a middle speech tag, isn't it? But implore the fairy godmother, comma, and then start the other one. And we always highlight the real sentence and ask ourselves if it is one sentence or two. 
I'm gonna try to walk through one or two more before I hop off of here. All right. Another way we do this is we could put a line through and for the fairy godmother and ask if that's just one sentence. Okay, the real punctuate, the real problem with this is all of those commas and the capitalization. So it takes a lot of practice. So when my kids are moving out of the beginning speech tag, closing speech tag, traditional types of quotes, and they're moving into the split quote or the speech tag colon, or a quote with your own words added as a complete sentence to it, and making a compound, half of it is the quote, half of it is your own words. When they're running, moving into any of those three upper level quote writing practices, at that time, I say, you guys just do the very best you can and bring it to class and I'll fix it for you, right? Because this is hard stuff. I don't, I, I don't know an adult who could do both of those last two things, okay? <laughs> All right, maybe some of you can, but because we're teachers, right? And homeschooling parents, but <clears throat> this is hard stuff. So I'm going to be there to help them every step of the way. It is the same way with spelling, right? We want them to write with more difficult, um, you know, uh, meaty, more, um, more uh, impactful words, but they won't because they don't know how to spell them. So I tell them, you put them in there and I'll fix them for you because I want you to do this. It is the same way here. I want you to do the split quote. I want you to do the speech tag colon. I want you to do the compound sentence with the quote for half and your words with the other half. I want you to do those things, so I'm going to fix them for you until you get it down pat, okay? All right, let's look at another one. This was another one from the dialogue box. Quote, I wish I could go to the ball. Well, there's a typo, so sorry. I wish I could go to the ball, comma, quote, lowercase, replied Cinderella tearfully, period. Okay, that's your traditional um, speech tag at the end, statement. Remember last week's lesson? I come along here and we highlight comma quote, draw an arrow to the margin. We highlight the period, draw an arrow to the margin, the same place, and write one period per sentence. So this can't have a period. Go back to last week's lesson for more on that, okay? All right, so then we have the traditional first couple of ways to do it. Cinderella answered tearfully, opening speech tag. I wish I could go to the ball with an exclamatory sentence. Cinderella shouted, okay? And then we have the two difficult ones that I wanna walk through with you. Let's go down here to the speech tag colon first. I don't know why, just because that's where I started on the other one. The first thing we have to do to use a colon following a speech tag is be sure that the speech tag is a complete sentence, CS, okay? Again, if you have high schoolers who still can't hear a complete sentence or can't tell the difference between a subordinate clause and a complete sentence or a fragment or a phrase and a complete sentence, we need to back up. Right? Don't have so many expectations of things that do not have the previous skills that are needed to complete that project, okay? So we have to ask ourselves and ask our students, is this a complete sentence? Cinderella looked off into the distance as if dreaming. Could I put a period there? Yes. Could I end it there? Yes. So it is an excellent speech tag, colon, all right? I always tell students that to be able to do this well and do it correctly, is an amazing skill. So if you learn how to do it, do it. Do it in your SAT essay, do it in your ACT essay, do it in your contest essay, do it in your college entrance essays, do it everywhere. <laughs> but if you don't know how to do it right, don't try it because it'll stick out like a sore thumb. Like if you said Cinderella looked off into the distance and said, 
colon. Well, can we put a period there? Cinderella looked off into the distance and said, period, no, we can't. Okay. And this has something to do with whether this is a transitive or intransitive verb, but I don't really, or whether it's a preposition or something, because they can't have, they, you can't end a sentence a lot of times with a preposition or with a, a verb like wrote, said, you know, replied, responded, those kind of verbs because they are um, uh, transitive, meaning they transfer something, they need something following them. But I don't really dwell on that so much. I dwell on the fact that they hear, is this a complete sentence or is it not? Yes, it is. I could put a period, good. So I'll put a colon and I'll be savvy. I'm gonna write CS above it. And then I'm going to put my quote, quote, I wish I could go to the ball, period, quote. Okay. And then with the split quote, one above it, we're gonna do the same thing. Highlight, I wish that I could go to the ball. So here we're wanting to make sure that this is a, a complete sentence with the speech tag colon here. We're wanting to make sure there's only one sentence because a split quote literally splits one quote in two. Okay, that's why it's called a split quote. It literally splits one quote in two. Okay, and it doesn't have to be even, like you can see, I wish is shorter than that I could go to the ball, but it does have to be one sentence only. So you, I have a couple of ways I do this. We come along here, we highlight, I wish that I could go to the ball. We say, is that one sentence or is it two? That I could go to the ball, I wish. I wish that I could go to the ball. It's only one. Yes, very smart student. Or we can even put a line through the speech tag and just say, what do you have left? I wish that I could go to the ball. All right, so we have one sentence. So we can break that sentence. We can split it anywhere we want. So let's, what's a good place? Do you say, I, Cinderella started wistfully, wish that I could go to the ball? That doesn't sound as good. How about, I wish, Cinderella started wistfully, that I could go to the ball. That sounds great. Okay, so we're going to work on this punctuation. Quote, capital I, wish, comma, quote. Speech tag, Cinderella started wistfully, comma. Quote, lowercase t, because it's still one sentence, that I could go to the ball, period. All right, I have a couple more for you and you can email me or comment and I can help you if you're stuck on any of these. Um, but I have paragraph three and paragraph five, both done there for you with different ways. So when they get to this assignment, here we have it, right, for the quoted sentences with speech tags in different positions and with different wording, I'm coming along here. And if they're not ready to do that, or if we wanna practice one together, we can use these practicing on their whiteboards or on the board and then finding out you know, what's wrong or what's right about it. So for paragraph three, we have uh, the clever benefactor ask, speech tag at the beginning. The next one, we have speech tag at the end. And then we have our split quote and our speech tag colon once again. So you can walk through those the same way I just did, CS for the speech tag colon. Is that a complete sentence? Could it stand alone? Could you put a period? Yes, okay, that's a great place for a colon. It's very savvy, so on. And then uh, what if I found a way for you to go? One sentence, have them highlight those words. And paragraph five has a lot of examples. Mysterious fairy godmother simply answered. Um, and then a quote. So we have a quote, a speech tag at the end, a speech tag at the beginning, 
and then the speech tag colon and the split quote. Those are in opposite order. Sorry about that. All right. Whew. This is hard, isn't it? This is not easy. This is not for the faint of heart. I um, love, love, love teaching quotes, actually. I love teaching most uh, grammar elements because most of the grammar elements that I teach, um, I don't waste a lot of time on things that do not pertain to writing. So I everything that I teach is because they need it. They need it to write that next project. And when there is a need for a lesson or for something to be taught or for students to learn something, it's learned so much better. And it's, you know, um, accepted so much more because guys, you're gonna need to know this to do this project. I want you to really, really get this dialogue down pat. Um, and you're going to include dialogue in your paper and they're highlighting and they're making margin notes and they're just, uh, I mean, I was just like blown away today. How many kids I have? Eight, eight, 16 in four hours. Yeah, I had three classes only today. Today's a short day. So I had 16, 24 kids, three different classes, and they were all just like this, just highlighting, focusing, asking questions. And I think that a big part of this is you're not just telling them, right? Okay, this is what you do. See that speech tag at the beginning, then a comma, then you quote, then your capital F. You are, they're highlighting, they're marking, they're making margin notes, they're walking through it with you. Okay, so that interaction with the text is really important. And it's another reason why I say you have to have samples in everything you teach, right? Because that is how they will learn is through the samples. All right, thank you for joining me. I know I went a few minutes over. Let me tell you what we got here. We have some free products related to this episode. Write for a month Mowgli 4 and Write for a month Peter Pan 5 free lessons. Don't forget when you get these five free lessons, one at each level, second and third, fourth and fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth, beginning high school, upper high school. When you get these free um, at the blog, uh, languageartsladyblog.com, when you get those for free, you also get videos of me teaching like to a classroom. So you can take the week off, maybe even two. Some of them are two weeks long. All right, we have tons of twice told tales, tons and tons. I went over these last week, lots and lots of twice told tales. Some are up at Language Arts Lady Store. <laughs> Some are up, I'm out of time. Some are up at um, my Teachers Pay Teacher Store. That is Language Arts Lady with Donna Reesh. Okay, and there are tons of them, right? From, um, yeah, levels three through five. And they're also in all of these Meaningful Comp one semester downloadable books. So if you, um, uh, you know, are a uh, Christian homeschooler or a Christian school or something, and you want a more faith-based or character-based uh, program, Meaningful Composition is one month long. All of these books have dialogue, quotes, creative writing, so forth. All right, create a class. We're a little bit late. I guess you could create a class if you wanted to for like 10 weeks. Um, for the rest of the semester, I would teach you. I would teach your kids online. Um, you can hire a teacher if you just want to get one class out of the way with a teacher online or in person. Uh, my husband still has daytime slots. His evening slots are almost all taken, but he still has a few daytime slots. And we also do private tutoring. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your attentiveness. That's what I told my kids when they left today. It's like you guys are amazingly attentive amazingly cooperative and diligent, and I appreciate it so much. And same with you. Thanks so much. I'll see you soon.